It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? The Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every week. So when life throws you a curveball, how do you respond to it? It's very natural to think that a bad thing just happened to us, but... What if you consider the possibility that this bad thing is exactly what you were asking the universe for? Let me explain. A friend of mine shared this analogy with me recently, and I think it's accurate. Asking the universe for something is very much like ordering something from Amazon. The minute you place the order, it's on its way. But when the delivery driver knocks on your door, you suddenly have second thoughts. You pretend not to be home. You tell the driver to go away, not realizing that you actually are being given the thing that you want. For example, You want to arrive home for work safely and you have a flat tire, but didn't realize the flat tire actually saved you from being exposed to a drunk driver in the wrong lane, which could have hit you head on. Or starting a business and wanting to ramp it up only to find that you lost your job before you thought you were ready. These are just two examples, but be thankful for whatever happens. Life always happens for us and not to us. And the extent to which you really believe that will be reflected in the amount of peace that you have in your life. So with all that in mind, I do want to introduce my very special guest. His name is Sean Douglas. Let me tell you about him. Sean Douglas is a U.S. Air Force veteran, master resilience implementer, TEDx speaker, international radio show host, performance enhancement expert, and author. His why is he's a suicide survivor who hit rock bottom with no purpose or passion. He equips people with the tools necessary to live epic lives and leaves people better equipped to manage change effectively. He's also the author of the book, The No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Paid or Getting Booked to Speak, and he helps people learn how to do this all the time. So we're going to talk about so much of this on the show today. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes. A review would be fantastic as well. And if you don't have my latest book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, you can get that on Amazon, in Barnes & Nobles, or any fine book, tailor, book retailer near you. So here we are with my very special guest, Sean Douglas. Sean, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm doing hey. amazing. Fantastic. I'm always glad to hear that. Amazing is always good. So <laughs> here's where I normally start with people. I would love to hear about your background, your backstory. You've had a very interesting history, and you've been through some things that might help somebody in the audience. So please tell us about that. Oh, man. Where do I even like? Where do I even begin? Uh, so you want to know kind of how I got into all this and, and yes. why my message is so, so yes. powerful. So, um, you know, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. My mom and dad divorced when I was in first grade. And then my mom married a guy who physically, emotionally abused us uh, for a good part of my childhood. Unresolved issues and childhood trauma resulted in uh, me not having a purpose and passion for life not wanting to be here period 
And I took those issues with me to the military, which the military life, anybody knows, is, you know, drinking and going around the world. And it's got its own issues. Combined, it was just like a combustion chamber of of problems. So I go in the military and, you know, I'm introduced to drinking, introduced to that, you know, fast-paced life. And then had a lot of issues and got addicted to drinking and all that. And then in 2007, my house burned down. Wow. I was getting kicked out of the military and I couldn't stop drinking. I'd already been to an ADAT, which is alcohol and drug prevention and treatment. I'd already been to that. Didn't help. And I absolutely did not love myself at all. So I did things that would sabotage me purposely. I would do things that, you know, I'd hang around people that were lower than me, right? People that weren't aspiring to much. You know, if you were successful, I didn't want to hang around you. You're too snotty, you know? So 2008, you know, so so anyway, I get married. Because <laughs> what do you do when your house burns down? Your life's in shambles. You can get married, man. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting married. And then, uh, like, not even, like, eight or nine months later, like, we're already, like, getting divorced, split up, everything. And that was just, like, the catalyst. Like, I'm done. I'm so beyond done with this. And uh, so try to take my life. I actually put a gun in my mouth and try to take my life. So people would stop me. You know, people were calling me, you know, trying to tell me how, you know, the the world needs me and everything else. And I actually got psychiatric help. Like, Mm. like I actually saw a therapist or, you know, whatever you call it, psychotherapist, whatever, between the chaplain and, you know, therapy and, you know, another run of ADAPT and all that stuff. You know, I, I started, you know, seeing life differently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my commander was like, man, you got a powerful testimony, man. You need to go be a drill instructor. I'm like, what? A drill instructor? Are you kidding me? I get to yell at people. Like, that's a real good thing for a recovering person to do. So I did. <laughs> I got accepted to go down there and become a drill instructor, not knowing anything about speaking, anything, and absolutely fell in love with it. The way that I could impart my experience and my journey onto people while showing them how to be a military service man or woman was just absolutely phenomenal. I felt like I had found my calling, felt like I was changing lives, which then gave value to me because I felt like I was doing something important. So I did that for four years, absolutely loved it, learned how to speak and train and teach classes and like all that stuff. And then somebody said, hey, man, since your time's up, you should go be a master resilience implementer or trainer. Like, what the hell's that? Okay, well, we're going to teach resilience skills to people. Like, oh, I love resilience. Let's do this. And then, and again, another explosion of growth. And I've been doing that ever since. So wow. between, you know, getting my start in speaking as a, <laughs> as a drill instructor screaming at people to then teaching resilience and suicide awareness training – to then building my own platform, my own programs, having my own radio show and doing what I'm doing now is just, I look back at the last 10 years of my life because it was December of 2008 that all of that suicide and everything was happening. I look back at the last 10 years of my life. It had to happen this way. For me to be sitting here with you right now, it Mm -hmm. had to happen this way. I firmly believe that. Wow. That is amazing. So was it hard to not give up? <laughs> uh, was it hard to not give up? 
Um, that's all I'd ever done prior to 2008 and 2009. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I just don't want to do this. Like, I'd quit everything. Yeah. You know, and and most of the things that I did out of my life, you know, I remember shoveling snow in fourth grade because, you know, my ex stepdad would take all the money in the house to fuel mm. his alcohol and drug habit. So most of the things we did, it was out of necessity, but to do extracurricular, whatever, like, you know, I played hockey and did some other things. I would just give I'm like, I don't want to do this no more. I, okay. I, I, don't, I don't care about this. After okay. 2009, it took a lot of work. It was work to like keep going, keep going. Like this is hard. Like, oh man, but I I loved it so much. It just fueled me. I couldn't stop. If that wow. makes any sense. Wow. So, what do you think your big mission is right now? Now that you've been through all of that. Mm. My mission is to find people just like me in 2007 and 2008, unlock their true potential, so they can elevate their life. Wow. Where do you find those people? You know, you'd be surprised at how many people really want to do amazing things in this world. And they start attending events, networking events. They start attending like, you know, Grant Cardone's 10X conference because somebody dragged them there. Yeah. You know, I've gone to entrepreneurship and like empowerment events as a speaker. And, you know, they're like, man, I was I was thinking about just giving up today. You know, I there was one I was teaching a, a resilience class and one of the guys stood up and said, I need this. Because of what I'm going through in my life right now, I'm not sure I would have made it home today. Wow. I just don't care anymore. And everybody just was like, what? Mm. And he says, I need this. I think this is my second chance because I, was not gonna, I wasn't going to see tomorrow. Like, God, God almighty. That, that was like, that was all the confirmation in the world that I needed to hear that, that allowed me to understand fully that it's not about me, right? But who I'm serving. And ever since that moment, three years ago, when I had that person tell me that, I've come from a place of service. So I may not have this million dollar company, or you know, I'm not getting millions of dollars from stage, you know. But the lives that I'm impacting is what means the most. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so tell us about your company, Success Core. We've got a couple minutes for our first break. Sure. So Success Core is all about unlocking your true potential and elevating your life. I serve entrepreneurs, speakers, and business owners, and we implement a framework that's easily implemented into your already system strategy. Some people come; they don't even have systems. So what we do is we implement a framework that's easily implemented that anybody can do, and we implement these systems and strategies to get you the result that you want, which is mostly positioning in the marketplace and then profitability while decreasing the anxiety and stress that you feel about building that, that business or getting on stage and speaking or becoming an entrepreneur. Wow. That is fantastic. So, uh, what is it, what is it that you, that you want to do? I mean, because you're doing all of this, you're also teaching people how to speak. How does that all work together? Oh, it absolutely goes hand in hand because every, everybody has a message. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're bringing something to the marketplace. You know, there's a message there. A speaker has a message, a business owner. The business has a message. What do you stand for? Who do you serve? It's all, it all hand in hand. 
Wow, that's fantastic. So we are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Sean Douglas. He is a U.S. Air Force veteran, a master resilience implementer. He's a TEDx speaker. We'll talk about TEDx a little bit later in the show. He hosts his own show, and he's an author. And his book is called The No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Booked to Speak. And Sean did a presentation very recently uh, to people who want to learn how to speak, and it was really, really fascinating. And, And please do friend request Sean Douglas on Facebook and you can watch that. He's got a great Facebook group. He and I have been friends for a while and I just love what Sean is doing in the world. So I do appreciate that. And we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us, don't go away. We will come right back after the break. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sean Douglas. And we will be talking about how to get booked to speak. And before we go there, Sean, I want to ask you, because you run your business while you're full-time active duty military. Thank you, first of all, for your service to our country. How do you manage to fit it all in? You know, so time management is a myth. I just want to start this off by saying time management is a myth. It cannot be done. Everybody has 86,400 seconds in a day. Now, with that said, what I do is I teach energy management, Mm. which means that you manage your energy, not your time. So I could always get more energy. I just can't get more time. So what I do is I, I schedule most of what I do 
around my energy. So I'm really not a morning person. So not too many things happen in the morning. I'm an afternoon, lively, like afternoon person. So a lot of the heavy tasks that I do are all in the afternoon so I can schedule them and then knock them all out. So number one rule of success I learned from my mentor, Rock Thomas, is to schedule everything. Every single day, every single hour, every single minute and second should be scheduled. You should be doing something. You know, so if you're sitting there for three hours watching Netflix, you're failing. So you need to be scheduling every single thing, social media, all the tasks, whatever, and then schedule those things according to your energy. That is awesome. And it's so important to recognize when you are most alert and energetic. I myself am a morning person. When I was a teacher, I had morning classes and then one afternoon class and I was bouncing off the walls in the morning because I caffeinated myself very heavily and my students wondered, what, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you drinking? It's, it's Diet Coke, which I don't drink that anymore. I gave up soda a long time ago. But yeah, you have to recognize when your energy is at its highest and do your high-level tasks during those times and do the less yep. time or less brain-intensive stuff mm -hmm. later. Or, or whenever yep. you're off energy peak. So that's awesome. So here's a question I want to ask you. Why incorporate speaking into your business model? Some people enjoy speaking and other people are deathly afraid of it. Wow. So it was something that I was really good at. Between yeah. the drill instructor, you know, four years of that, I was at like 5,000 hours of teaching. You know, we teach 86 classes between all of the drill movements, all of the academic classes, you know, like we teach like UCMJ and we teach military customs and courtesies and military history. Like, like you're teaching these classes, you know, you teach dorm classes with, you know, it's simple, like folding your clothes. It's like, it's like a 30 minute class, you know? Mm -hmm. So between all of the classes, you know, and you do that multiple times, like every day you're teaching a couple, you know, whatever classes. So in about four years, I rack up about 5,000 hours of teaching and then years of, you know, teaching resilience seminars and everything. That's just something I was good at. And I said, that's what I want to do. I struggled with the part where, what am I not doing when I'm not speaking? Well, I'm yeah. not creating products. I'm not doing a podcast. I'm not like, man, like there's such a lull in battle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, like, what do I do? And so at the behest of my mentor, he's like, did you got to create like, like a book, a course. I, like, I don't want to sell products. I just want to speak on stage. And he's like, yeah. you got to give them something to do after they've heard you. Yes. Like, oh, okay. So that's when I started getting into create mode. And that's where that no BS, no fluff guide came from. And some follow on things that I have with mentoring and other things. And, and I start, it, it started just to become not only my business of speaking, but became a speaker business. You know, the pre-event, the event, the aftercare, and what goes on after all became one. And that was what propelled me forward rather than just being one-dimensional. Absolutely. So how do people figure out what their real message is? Because they think they just want to share their story. But honestly, you have to find a reason for someone to care about what your yep. story is. So how do you help people figure that out? Oh, this is my favorite part. Oh, my God. This is my favorite part. So somebody, and I just did this earlier today with somebody, they said, man, I really want to be a speaker and I could talk about, you know, numerous, lots of things, this, that, and the other, whatever. And I said, okay, what's your message? And they usually go on for about, I don't know, a minute and a half before I stop them and say, okay, listen, what is your red thread? What is the one thing that you want to get on stage and say in about three to four sentences 
that if the audience only listens to those three or four sentences, what is the red thread? What is woven throughout your entire talk? What is that? And it's usually like, it, like it's gotta be something emotional because people buy on emotions and justify with logic. So it has to be emotional to invoke the, what do I want you to know and what do I want you to do action. Yeah. And that's what we do. We work on like, the, give me the three to four sentences, that one thing you're going to die tomorrow. What do you want to tell your family? What is the one thing that you want to tell the world? You know? And, and so I, I start asking questions like that and they're like, man, I really want them to know this. I'm like, there it is. That's your message. Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting. A lot of speakers think they're speakers, but really you <laughs> better think like a marketer or you're going to fail in your business. Yes. Yeah, I literally, when I was at the marketing summit in Atlanta, you know, I told them, I said, I want you to right now, stop thinking that you're speakers because you're not, you're not speakers. You're not trainers. You're not authors, nothing. You are a marketer who markets your speaker business. You are a marketer who markets your coaching business mm -hmm. because you need to start acting like marketers and stop acting like speakers, speakers, one hour. There's a lot of pre-event stuff that you have to do and a lot of aftercare event stuff that you have to do. Yeah. You spend one hour on stage. That's it. There's a whole lot more work that goes involved. So you have to yeah. become a marketer to market your speaker business. Unless, of course, you VA it out or you hire somebody to do that part for you. But that's that's what I think is most fun about it. Absolutely. How do you know who your ideal audience is? Does the message come mm. before your audience or does your audience come before you figure out your message? hundred percent. So what I do is after we figure out the message it's three part. So what is your message? Who needs to hear it? And where do they hang out? And that's what we work on. The first thing I ever work on with a speaker is to figure out what's your message, who needs to hear it and where do they hang out? And there's a couple other things that kind of go involved with that, but who needs to hear it? And the one thing that I tell everybody, and this is probably the greatest piece of advice I could ever give someone, you need to market to the seasons of life. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to market to 35 year old professionals in Silicon Valley, whatever. What about the newlyweds? What about divorcees? What about abused spouses or college seniors, high school seniors, empty nesters, like the seasons that we go through retirees, military veterans transitioning out of the military career. Are we attracting these audiences or are you just saying I only work with 35 year old entrepreneurs? So when you market to the seasons of life, you'll find out that you can hold, you can hit a whole new set of demographics. So you have to figure out who needs to hear your message. If you have an empowerment message, who needs to hear it? People that need to be empowered, well, what do they do? What do they look like? Maybe they mm -hmm. were in an abused relationship. Maybe they were an abused child. Maybe they have trauma in their life, things like that. And then once you figure out who they are, figure out where they hang out. Do they go to support meetings? Are they in an association? Do they teach at a high school? Do they, I mean, you can figure out pretty quickly who needs to hear your message by where they hang out. Absolutely. We had some Facebook questions. I posted yes. something about Facebook on Facebook about this particular uh, show coming up. And so question from Jeff Pierce, what tips do you have to stand out to get the invitation to be on stage? So basically how do you, do you, do you get invited to be on stage or do you have to proactively go look for the gig? Both. Both. So I get a, I get an email or I get a phone call like, hey, uh, I saw your website or I saw this or hey, somebody recommended you a couple of different things. 
Uh, and we have a conversation and, you know, hey, you're referred. We'd love to book you to speak. That's awesome. Most of the time, say about, say about three quarters, maybe like 70, maybe 65, 70% of the time, uh, I'm applying, I'm building relationships, I'm attending events. Uh, you know, that that's usually, you got to be really proactive. You know, a lot of times they say, well, if you build it, they will come. They don't. No. Just because you put up a website doesn't mean that you're going to get a flood of speaking engagements. You actually have to go out and apply. And you have to build your digital body of work. And you got to show that you know what you're doing. Absolutely. So, so another question so, from Ash Cotter. What's the most effective approach to getting a speaking gig? We're talking about maybe social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or do you right. cold marketing or do you do ads or what, what's the best low budget way that you can do this if possible? Right. So free way to do this would be to search for speaking engagements on LinkedIn and on Facebook. So if you message, if you, if you friend request a bunch of like meeting planners, certified meeting professionals, or whoever you want to speak, let's say it's associations, go on LinkedIn and search for association directors, association executives, association presidents. Like those are the decision makers. You have to figure out who the decision makers are. So a low cost way would be to start talking like an event planner, like mm -hmm. search hashtag call for speakers on Facebook and LinkedIn, and you'll see a ton of events just pop up. We did it in that seminar. I was like, I want you guys to do this right now and see what I'm talking about. They're like, oh my gosh, there's a ton. Oh my mm -hmm. God. And just that one thing, people were like, holy crap, there's a ton, there's a ton. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do these conversations even end up end up going to email or phone calls? That's the, that's the plan. So social media to email or social media to phone call. Schedule a phone call with them. Like to have 10 minutes of your time. Let's talk. How can yeah. I serve your audience? That's what it comes down to. How can yeah. I serve your audience? Yeah, we've got two minutes to our next break. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me ask, what materials do you need? I mean, how necessary is a <laughs> website or a brochure or one sheet? What is all that about for you? Okay, you must absolutely have a website. You must absolutely have a digital body of work, meaning social media. You do not have to have a one sheet. I've been asked for a one sheet twice in three years. I sent them my speaking videos and I got booked. You do not have to have a one sheet. That's old school. It doesn't work. No, no one sheet. Okay, not a problem. So here's something else. Some people think you have to have a canned presentation, but you tend mm -hmm. to be a lot more interactive in how you present. Is there a right or wrong to that? The canned presentations sometimes don't go over with the audience as well as you think it will because not all, all the audiences are the same. They're really not, they're not all the same at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. I, so make your talk according to that audience, that particular audience, and you'll absolutely. have way more success. Absolutely. We are approaching our next break. And uh, I do want to ask you after the break, mm -hmm. uh, how do you know if your message is best for college or corporations? How do you find bookings at colleges? I want to ask you what kinds of fees to charge. How do you determine your fee? Uh, what if a mini planner doesn't have the fee that you ask for? And there are opportunities out there that are pay to play, which means you have to pay to be on someone else's stage. Sometimes, believe it or not, that's actually a good idea. And we will talk about the circumstances in which that is true. We will come back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. I'm here with Sean Douglas, and his book is called The No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Booked to Speak. It's fantastic. Get it, and we'll talk about how you can get that later in the show. We'll be right back.
is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sean Douglas. His book is called The No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Booked to Speak. And we are talking about a lot of the topics that he addresses in this book and then some. So, Sean, how do you know if your message is best for colleges or corporations? How do you know where to go? So how do you know if your message is good enough for colleges? Mm Mm-hmm. That time where we were talking about what's your message, who needs to hear it, right? Does it apply to college students? If your if your message is you can build that business, right? Then mm, probably not for college, right? But if it's like you have the power within you to, you know, do great big things, type of message, empowerment, you know, you got you got the potential, you know, like sure, colleges could probably use that, absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to get booked at college, there's a couple different ways that you can do it. Yes. So you can go to associations. There's APCA, which is APCA, Association for the Promotion of Campus Activities. There's NACA, National Association for Campus Activities. NOTA, which is the National Orientation and Directors Association. Those three associations all book speakers at their event. So like APCA, you would pay $1,500 to attend that event. You'd be in a speaker showcase in front of 60 colleges. I've seen people book 12 colleges at 5K a piece for college, like wow. literally, and walk out with like bookings for most of the year wow. at their fee. So I've never seen a college pay more than $5,000. I've never yeah. seen it. Maybe some other people have. Um, some of the industry, like, like, like best people in the industry for college would be like Aurel Moody. Or uh, my mentor John Broman, they're heavy, heavy, heavy in the college market. Yeah, and uh, and you know just hey, reach out to those guys. Uh, yeah. I spoke at a couple colleges. I've done that, but those associations are great to yeah. get your foot in the door. The yeah. best place to go would be to the student activity center because they're typically the ones that would be booking the speakers. Call the college's student activity center. Um, there's also within the students is the AFLV, which is the Association for Fraternal Leadership and Values. 
And those are all of the male fraternities that are booking events for whatever leadership uh, engagements and different things that they have going on within that community. So mm. you could do that. But the Student Activity Center or the specific department that you want to speak to, you just contact that specific department and uh, they'd be able to direct you to the decision maker. Right. And for anyone listening who missed any of that, listen back to the replay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So how do you know, or or better yet, get Sean's book. And we'll talk about how to get that yeah. a little bit later. How do you know what fees to charge? Oh, that's a great question. So your speaker fee should be commensurate with your expertise. If you tell me that as a sales speaker, I save companies millions of dollars, you should not be a $1,000 dollar speaker no so be more like five or ten or fifteen or twenty right? right but if you're going to go speak at high schools about bullying right you probably do it for a couple thousand ten thousand at a high school not gonna happen no. so you need to absolutely 100 percent know your market do your research do your market here's a way that you can tell so most of the speakers that are brand new about thousand maybe fifteen hundred getting up there about 2,500 associations, they pay 2,500, 3,500. I've gotten paid up to 4,500 to do an association kind of just tops out at that. Yeah. It just kind of does. Um, if you want to go speak to like a large corporation, they'll pay five or eight or even 20 K for the right speaker for their sales associates or whoever, whatever they're trying to book you for. They'll pay, you know, I've seen people pay 25 K there's pay to play opportunities where you pay to be on someone's stage for 25 K I literally saw someone last year clear $200,000, 200K this guy made an event. And all he did was pay 25K because his programs, products, and services are on point. And he sold at least half the room on a 15K program. And there was a, close to 180 people there. And wow. half of them got up and ran to the back to sign a 15K deal. Absolutely. And that's another thing to bring up is if you are – going to speak somewhere, not only is a speaking fee potentially in play, but you can maybe sell something in the back of the room. That's why you should have a book. That's why you should have a course. That's yep. why you should have a program. That's why you should have a coaching program or a mastermind program available. Sometimes you're able to get paid both on the front and the back. Sometimes you only get the opportunity to get paid one of those two ways. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. I, and this is what I struggled with. I was like, but I don't want to sell. And I just want to change lives. And, and my mentor was like, dude, what are they going to do? Like, after, like people want to continue working with you, like after the stage, like you have to give them something. Right. Absolutely. Oh, so I didn't know that. I would imagine that there are times where a meeting prior, a meeting planner will give you some price resistance over your fee. What do you do if someone says, I don't have that, or I can't pay you that, or I don't want to pay you that. What do you do? This is great. So meeting planner says, uh, Hey, we'd like to book you. You go through all of the stuff and they're like, Hey, what's your speaker fee? This is where everybody messes up. So I have a mentor and this is what he told me. He said, your speaker fee starts at whatever your price is. So my speaker fee, the conversation about my speaker fee starts at 5,500 up to a full day inclusive. And then you shut up because the first person to talk loses. Because most right. people are like, okay, silence, silence. But, but I mean, I could go lower. I could, I, I, I could go lower. So if you start going lower, then the mini planner is like, oh, okay, well maybe he's not so serious or maybe he's yeah. not good enough or you know what I mean? So stick firm. Yeah, we don't have that budget. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't have that budget. So what type of budget are you looking to spend on a speaker? Well, let's say it's 3,500. 
3,500. And I'm only going about three or four hours away. Okay. Uh, can I, can, can I sell books or can I, um, you know, can I, can I sell a program if they say no? Like, okay. Um, so I'm willing to do, and you have to have a bottom dollar, right? Right. So let's say it's 3,500. So I'm willing to do it for 3,500. Uh, but what I would need is for you to get me in touch with two other event planners that you know about that could possibly potentially bring me in to speak. And I'd love to get a testimonial from you who hired me and from the audience member. Can I do that? And can I videotape it and get the testimonials? Right. And more than likely, they always say, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll give you a testimonial. And, yeah, I'll, I'll get you in contact with a friend of mine who books speakers. Absolutely. Your goal is to get booked out of the event that you're getting booked to speak at. Right. That's Absolutely. Your goal. So there's a yeah. lot of negotiation there. Right. And and here's the thing, too. When you're negotiating and someone doesn't have your fee, you're not just giving something up. You are asking for something in exchange for lowering your fee. Absolutely. You know, it was so funny. They told me last year I spoke at an association in South Carolina. And they're like, ooh, 5,500. Yeah, that we've never paid that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So what's your budget? And they said 2,500. Like, that's it? That's all you're going to pay? And they're like, yeah, that's kind of like all we pay. I'm like, tell you what. I will do my keynote and then I'm willing to host a breakout. I'm willing to host a breakout session either after lunch or, you know, right after my session, we can go right into a breakout session. I'd like to get a referral. I'd like for you to give me a testimonial and then get me an audience testimonial and then at least have the opportunity to pass out some business cards and some, you know, other marketing materials and some things that and it's not a one sheet. <laughs> I don't pass no. out one sheet. And she said, mm, yeah, I think we can do that. And so the closest she came was 4,500. So yeah. literally she said, I've never paid over 2,500 for a speaker, but because I gave more value, I did my talk twice. Basically I did a keynote for everybody. And then mm -hmm. I said, I'll be doing a breakout session after lunch. So after lunch, I did a breakout. And it, and it was so full that we ended up doing two breakouts. Nice. And so we did actually three talks. And, you know, did some books and everything and, and yeah, 4,500. And she said she's never paid any more than 2,500 before. And obviously now she did 4,500. Wow. You did great. And that, that's what it's about. You have to figure out where else the money is. And sometimes that extra mm -hmm. money might come out of someone else's budget. Yep. hundred uh, percent. High schools and colleges will have something called like an appropriations budget or like a materials budget. So high schools don't have money to hire speakers but they have enough money to pay for markers and books and paper and like things like that. So what you could do is say, okay, I understand that you don't have money for a speaker fee. There's a hundred people there. Would, would it be possible for you to purchase 100 books at $10 a piece? There's a thousand dollars. And more than often than not, they'll say, oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we could definitely buy the books. So then I'll sell a hundred copies of my book to for them for $10 and it basically covers expenses. Yeah. And plus if you, if, if you tell them to order it from Amazon and ship it right from Amazon, your, um, your, what do you call it? Your rank inside of Amazon will go up a little bit. Yeah. So how cool is that? So they're purchasing right from Amazon and your ranks going higher. Yeah, that's absolutely good. We've got three minutes or so to our next break. Yep. Let's talk about, Double dipping, which means in this mm. scenario, booking more than one event in the same city at the same time. Mm -hmm. If you're going to speak somewhere, why not use some of that extra time to make some more money speaking somewhere else while you are in town?
yes, this is so brilliant. I literally, I was blown away. I was like, everybody here is professional speakers and trainers, right? They're all, right. everybody was like, yes. How many of you picked up the phone four months in advance? She said four months, she knew. How many of you picked up the phone, called around in Atlanta to see if there's another event going on that you could speak at to make some money while you're here? Nobody. Nobody, of course Crickets. Not. And they went, that's brilliant. I'm like, I do that all the time. Last year in Chicago, I was emceeing an event. It ended at like 5 p.m. I drove 45 minutes down the road and spoke to the Tony Robbins power team at six. Yeah. Like I literally had two events scheduled and I was the I was the evening speaker yeah. like at this event. Yeah. Do you, do you sometimes give that other organization a, a slightly lower fee because you're already in town 100%. and they're not paying for your travel? Oh, 100%. And I tell them that too. Hey, I'm booked at the, and, and that's my thing. Hey, I'll be in town. I'll be in town. Um, you know, do you have space for another speaker or this, that, and the other? You know, and they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe they'll maybe they'll give you an extra thousand or maybe they'll give you an extra two thousand or something. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. you do that for colleges. So, yeah, we've got about a minute or so to our last break. Let's talk sure. about the importance of writing thank you notes. So few people do this. Oh, my gosh, you have to like that. I got booked at an event this year from a thank you card that I wrote from the event planner who booked me last year in 2018. They called, mm -hmm. they emailed me and said, hey, we got your card. No other speaker's ever done that. I took a picture with the event planner, printed it out, put it inside the thank you card with a business card, and then mailed it to them. I said, thank you for booking me, all this other stuff. And they messaged me back, goes, oh my gosh, no one's ever done this. Wow. That was back in like October, November. I got an email at the end of December saying, hey, we'd like to book you for our next event. Absolutely. That is fantastic. We are coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. How much fun are we having, Sean? <laughs> so much. I love this. This is this is awesome. This is this is fantastic. And we'll talk about some more ninja strategies for getting yourself noticed and booked. Yes. And we'll talk about getting TEDx talks because you've done one. I'd love to hear yep. the story about how that happened, how you planned your message, how you differentiated yourself from all the other people who are looking to do a TEDx. And uh, I would just love to explore some of that. And let's talk about your resilience boot camp. You still do that, right? A little bit. A little bit? Okay, great. We'll talk about some of these things when we sure. come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Uh, we will come right back after the break. And once again, if you do not have my book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's in Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. Please go get that right now after the show. While we're on break, go on Amazon right now while we're on break. We'll be right back. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. 
Do Not Disturb sign has been around as long as there have been hotels where discretion was a bitter part of value. One lecturer at Cornell University's School of Hotel Administration traces the Do Not Disturb sign roots to the aristocracy of the early 20th century at grand establishments such as the Ritz in Europe. It sure is annoying when you just want to be a slug of bed and someone knocks at the door and says, Housekeeping, what's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. There are days when I wish I could wear a do not disturb sign around my neck. What to call someone who wants to lay in bed all day? A scabberlatcher. It's marching. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Sean Douglas, and his book is called The No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Booked to Speak. And while I'm thinking about it, where can we find it? Yeah, so uh, it's not available on Amazon. It's not available anywhere, but on my website at www.thesuccesscore.com, and you go to this top tab, and go to book, and it's right there. Both my books are there, and it'll take you right to the page, and uh, you can pick it up right yeah, absolutely. there. There is another ninja strategy that I would love to explore with you about how you get speaking leads. When you are speaking at venues such as a hotel, for example, what do you do in order to get referrals from that venue? So what's super cool is that when you have big convention centers like Marriott and some other places, they deal a lot with event organizers and meeting planners and they start having a network built up. So if you're speaking at an event like that type of place, type of venue, you ask to speak to the sales manager, the sales associate and say, Hey, when somebody is booking your venue, can you mention me or can you take my card? Would you do this? Take my card. And if someone's booking a venue to have an event and they need a speaker, can you just hand them my card or maybe just get them in touch or, you know, whatever, um, you know, and I pay referral fees wow. for, you know, so some hotels like, well, we can't accept money or some places like, well, yeah, I'll take your card. I'll just have it here. And in, in case I'll just mention you, you know, whatever, okay. um, you know, cause then it looks like Marriott is only referring this one speaker, whatever. But I just let them know that that's a possibility. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But referral networks are huge, wow. huge to reach the target demographic that you want. Yeah. You know, 37% so, of my business is based off of referrals. Yeah. Have you ever had a, a speaking gig come from that type of referral? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I love that. So let's talk about something else. You have done a TED Talk. Is it difficult to get? Is it difficult to get booked on their stage? What do they look for? So what TEDx is looking for is every event has a theme. Every single TEDx event has a theme. So what happens is you need to apply to this TEDx event according to the theme. A lot of times you'll get um, denied 
from that event because you your talk has nothing to do with what the event planner is doing. So yeah. my talk at TEDx Wilmington was building communities through innovation. And my whole TEDx talk was about hacking your brain for success and how you can institute daily habits in order to be successful. And so the building communities, I talked about how you can build an entire community based on like-minded individuals and habits and all that. If I would have said, oh, I really want to talk about prenatal care, like that has nothing to do with building a community. Like what does that have to do with it, right? right? So a lot of times people say, I have this one talk, but they don't mold it to fit the theme. And if you take that mentality into every single event, you'll increase the likelihood of getting booked because you come from a place of service. One, two, you're serving the audience because it's mm -hmm. always all about the audience. So what you do is you go to TED.com, T-E-D, TED.com, and you go on, that, on the website and you search for TEDx events. And it, it, there's over like 100,000 TEDx events that happen every year all over the world. All over the world, there's there's like a hundred thousand events or something that, that list on their website, and so what you do is you search for the call for speakers that are coming up for those TEDx events, and so you find one, you say, oh, this one's all about um, innovation through AI, right? Innovation through AI, and what happens is you have a talk about AI or VR or something like that. You're like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. then you would mold your talk to fit that particular theme and how AI can change lives and whatever else, because there has to be a theme. Right. Absolutely. And of course you're not allowed to sell anything on a Ted talk. It's Correct. basically for you to have a centerpiece that you can use for your marketing later. hundred percent. TEDx is the super bowl of speaking. For example, if you were to get on the Ted stage, that is where like Tony Robbins, Simon Sinek, Seth Godin, Jack Ma, millionaire, billionaire, Jeff Hoffman, you know, type people, they go on that stage. And I believe, if I remember right, tickets to go to a TED event are like $10,000. Oh. If I remember reading right, one of the events was like 10 grand because that's like the best of the best of the best. Right. TEDx are independently organized events that happen all across the world that the barrier to entry is a little bit lower, but you still have got to be the top of your game. Top of your game. Right. I, I, I uh, applied to eight events and got denied in 2017 and the ninth event I got accepted to last year. I worked with a couple of people and the one, this one lady, amazing talk, amazing talk about being your USDU. It's about being your truest authentic self in the world. She got two TEDx talks within a month and a half of each other. And did she do the same talk at both of them? No, different themes, but she molded her talk to fit that theme. So the content was different. The message was still the same, but the content was different which is great because if you can change your content, like your message is always the same, 100,000 times percent, your message is always the same. It's the content that changes according to the audience or according to the event theme. And that's where people get it wrong all the time. Take your message and mold it and create a talk according to that theme of what the event planner wants and you'll be successful. Absolutely, I love that. Let's talk about Google Alerts. How do you use those? <laughs> now we're getting into some ninja strategies. I love this. Yep. I'm like nerding out right now. Good. So this is so this is so brilliant. A lot of times people are like, well, I have a lead generation strategy where I post on Facebook. I'm like, that's a lot of work. Go to google.com forward slash alerts. Google.com forward slash alerts. And now what you want to do inside the quotes Right? You have to use quotes because it'll grab all of those words in succession and type in call for speakers, call for presenters, call for proposals, 
Because government contracts, if you want to speak at a government facility, they want a proposal. They don't put up call for speakers. They put call for proposals. So government trainings are all call for proposals. Then you put your name because you want to know if people are talking about you. And then you put anything else you want. Resilience conference, leadership conference, conference, you know, whatever you want. Podcast. And then you set up these Google alerts. And what Google does is it scrapes the entire internet for those keywords that you've identified and drops them right into your Gmail, right into your email. You have leads coming in while you're sleeping. You have leads coming in while you're awake. You have leads coming in every second of every day. I get emails all day long, call for speakers, call for speakers, call for speakers. Like, and you'll leave, oh look, TEDx. Oh look, there's another TEDx. You can actually type in TEDx if you really wanted to. But what you're doing is you're, is you're taking all of these events, figuring out which ones work, and then taking the ones that you think would fit and put it into a CRM. And then from the CRM, you're emailing, applying, calling, whatever you got to do to figure out what their booking process is. The number one thing that event planners hate, they abhor this, is for you to as a type out a 16-paragraph email about how amazing you are with a one-sheet attached. Go to my website and this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the other, whatever. They're, they'll delete them. If you merely email, hey, Brian, I saw that you have an event coming up for entrepreneurs in Orlando, Florida in May. I would love to speak at your event. I'm curious what your booking process is and what that looks like. That's the email. Nice. That's it. That's the email. No one sheets, no videos, no spamming, no ridiculously long email. That's it. Right. I just want to know your booking process. What's yeah, because they haven't asked you for anything yet. Correct. And this lets them answer you at their leisure or not. And right. of course, if they don't, then of course there's follow-up. How do you know how much follow-up to do? I mean, is there a point at which you become really incredibly annoying and they just ignore you altogether? So I, what I've found that works is that, let's say I send an email on a Monday. I'll email them back like Thursday-ish, maybe Friday, give them a couple of days, right? And then what I'll do is I'll, if I don't hear anything, I'll email them back on a Sunday. Because the first thing that people do when they get into the office on Monday is check email. First thing. So all of my marketing materials or whatever I need to do, reach out, whatever, they go out on a Sunday night because on a Sunday night, I am at the top of their inbox on Monday morning. And wow. so that, and that's another ninja tactic that people don't even realize, like email them at like eight o'clock at night on a Sunday, because when you get into the office on Monday morning, they check their email. Guess what? You're like the first five emails are going to open. Right. You know? So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One more time, where can we find your book and find out more about you? And I'll ask you this right before the end of the show as well. Sure. So the No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Booked to Speak is available on my website at www.thesuccesscore.com. Look at the tab up top and hit book. And then it'll bring you to the two books that I own. You can click right there and buy the book. Absolutely. We've got less than three minutes to the end of the show. So let me ask you, Sean, uh, who inspires and motivates you? You do. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I've been following you this whole year, you know, and you have the magazine and the st and it's just like the messages that you put out. Like, absolutely, man. You absolutely inspire me. And I love what you have going on. Mm -hmm. And a couple other people that, that, you know, inspire me. Like, you know, I watch some Gary Vaynerchuk videos. I like Gary. I like his stuff, you know? Yep. Um, I, I, I get pumped, right? Tony Robbins, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. That's cool. 
but my mentor, John Roman, is is an awe-inspiring human being. He's I great. I love John Roman. He's a great mentor. And uh, there's a couple of people here and there that I'm like, ooh, I like him. I like him. But, you know, like that's the top people, man. I, I love what you're doing. I love your stuff. Um, Thank you. You know, it's an honor to be here with you. Fantastic. That's great. And as we close, we've got maybe a minute or so to the end. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts for us? What advice would you have for someone who wants to get started speaking? If you want to get started speaking, do this. Create your message. Figure out who needs to hear that message. And then figure out where they hang out. After you've done those three things, you now have to position yourself in the market for them to receive you. So don't be just a motivational speaker. Like everybody's a motivational speaker. Be something different. Be a transformational speaker. Be a resilience, whatever. Like figure out what your zone of genius is mm -hmm. and follow that. Be different. Figure out what you're going to do more of than any other speaker. Figure out what you're going to do differently than any other speaker. And figure out what you're, figure out how you're going to connect more than any other speaker. I connect because I give thank you cards after an event. Yep. Absolutely. And one more time to find Sean's book, which is called The No BS, No Fluff Guide to Getting Booked to Speak. You go to the success core.com and core is C-O-R-P-S, thesuccesscore.com, correct? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you, Sean, for being here. It was an honor and a privilege to have you here, my friend. Same honor and a privilege. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And thank all of you for listening to Success Profiles Radio this week. Join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn how they succeeded, what they overcame to get to where they are, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Thank you so much for joining us. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply